When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michael Jackson's Thriller Album Stories in the Room Join film composer Anthony Marinelli who programmed synthesizers for seven songs on Thriller and A&R veteran film producer Stephen Ray who assisted Quincy Jones and was in the studio every day with Quincy and Michael Michael Jackson's Thriller I'm Anthony Marinelli with my longtime close friend and co-host, Stephen Ray, bringing you the real stories directly from the talented people in the room with us during the making of Thriller, the greatest selling album of all time. Today we welcome and share stories with composer and synth master Steve Percaro, one of the founding members of three-time Grammy-winning rock band Toto and co-writer of Michael Jackson's beloved song, Human Nature. In this segment, we discuss Michael singing Human Nature in one take, moonwalking in the studio, loud playbacks, the contribution of engineer Bruce Wedeen, and the inspired lyrics created by John Bettis. Stephen, could you just tell me, tell everyone what you told me about how it was sung? Because you were there when Michael sang it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, really late. It was, I don't know, it was like 12, 31. Uh, and we were about to leave uh, uh, Michael, who, you know, who we called Smelly was on the couch and uh, he was asleep, taking a little nap. And and we just thought, Quincy thought, oh, we'll, we'll just do it the next day. And he literally woke up and said, no, I, I, I now's the time for me to sing the song. So it speaks to uh, Michael dialing into the atmosphere and the mood um, because you can feel the nighttime. You can feel it, you know, what you created, you, you know, and he literally went out and uh, if my memory is correct, um, there was no, there was no edit or punch. He sang it in one take. He sang it all the way down, and we were looking at each other in the studio, just completely moved and emotional. Bruce and Quincy and Matt Forger and and Rod, and because we were the only ones there at that point in the night, you know, with with with, with Michael, and it it that's why the memory of the song for me is just so engaging that it'll, it'll live with me as long as I'm breathing because witnessing that kind of performance was really, really special and such a beautiful compliment to what you, what you created, you know? You know, it's also a good time to, uh, um, it's also a good time to talk about what Michael brought to the table, which was a lot, you know, yeah. that way some of that soaring stuff during the intro, yes. the re-intros and stuff, that was all Michael. Yes. That was just yes. him. Uh, it just speaks to his amazing talent, which with all the noise out there gets lost and all the discussion about him is just how really incredibly talented he was and what an amazing singer he was, you know. Yeah. You remember yeah. every day of Thriller. Here he is doing Thriller. And I mean, every day that I was there, he was excusing himself at some point to uh, uh, go do a vocal lesson, you know, with Seth. <laughs> with Seth, just with Seth Riggs, every yep. single day, 
he yes. was thrown and taking a vocal lesson. You know, he was as as naturally talented as he was. He worked on his craft every day while he yeah. was making thriller. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his yeah his work ethic was really amazing. He would he would excuse himself for vocal lessons, but then he would also go out in, in the small little lobby area there, uh, in the reception area, and he would dance for yeah. like a half an hour, forty five oh, minutes, and he would dance to other other hits that were on the charts, you know. And it was really interesting to see. He would practice all his moves, and he do it in the studio. He do it in the studio. Back, do it in the studio. Uh, right, well, what's right. More there. I I when I saw the Motown thing, and and when he. <laughs> We've been watching through the moonwalk for the last month and stuff like that. All of a sudden, <laughs> exactly. everyone's freaking out about it. It was like he does it every day, you know. Right. That was the right. way to. That was the way to know your part was good. Because <laughs> right. if, if, if he was quiet, uh, uh-uh. he would start yeah. moving. You know. Yeah. And he, and then the yeah. other thing, he'd start turning it up really loud. Yeah. So yeah. loud that I would I couldn't deal with it. it was so loud. Right. <laughs> Didn't he call it yeah. in the bit? He called it in the biscuit. In the biscuit, that was his. Yeah, and then Chrissy would, used it. Yeah, Chrissy used the term jelly. That's the jelly, Smelly. That's the jelly. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah, the word funky wasn't used. Right, right, right. Except, except lamely by me, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you know, to ask you in terms of, uh, did you have any? Uh, what interaction did you have uh, with John, with the great lyricist John Bettis? Um, yeah. You know, not much. Uh, Quincy, you know, I, I had done my demo. Quincy, of course, they, he loved it. He, 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 we cut the track. I went on the road with Toto. Um, I got word that Quincy needed the lyrics. It was time to finish the song. It was time to do a vocal. And would I send my lyrics in? And I was on the road with Toto, and I got in the back of the bus, and I tried to flesh out my lyrics telling this story about my daughter and the schoolyard and all that. And uh, we got home soon after that. And Quincy asked me, he said, um, do you mind if I let someone take a stab at someone else, take a stab at these verse lyrics? And without hesitation, I said, absolutely. You know, um, he reached out uh, uh, to John and uh, um I got together with John. I saw what he did, and I didn't want to change a syllable. It, oh, was, wow. it was brilliant. It, it, it turned my tune into a song, you know what I mean, with a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know what I mean? I thought what John did was absolutely brilliant. Did it affect the yeah. form of the song in any way, the, the lyrics? It, Not stayed, at all. it just fit it right in. No, and Quincy loved my title. You know, we kept my title as Human Nature. The chorus is exactly like it was on the demo for the most part. Uh, you know, you could hear it online. Um, John just did all those verses. Yeah. Those were completely John Bettis. I had yeah. nothing to do with those. That was John, and and boy, did he knock it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Quincy, Quincy called Chuck K and Chuck to get in touch yeah. with John. And, Absolutely. You know, I got to tell you, Steve, one of the things that I've always, because that that is, uh, if I say, if I have to say I have a favorite song on the record, that would be it, your song. It still moves me emotionally to this day. If I'm driving, I've played it for all my kids and uh, and they love it. And I always wished that you and John had gotten together again and <laughs> written more songs, you know, because it was too. such a special combination, you know. Me too. And I really can't explain why that hasn't happened. We did we did start collaborating on, on, on the very next song I wrote after Human Nature, but um, 
you know, it's been something I've been trying to make happen over the years. Um, and it just hasn't. I really can't well, explain why. It's not for uh, a lack of me trying, you know. Well, I know I know. back then you were so busy. You guys were total was like you're the biggest, one of yeah. the biggest bands in the world. You guys yeah. were touring everywhere and, and yeah. just rocking every stadium <laughs> and arena, you know. So, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, great really time. great. No, one thing I wanted to mention too was was uh, uh, Bruce Swedeen and how yes. amazing Bruce was. Yes, and Bruce could be very demanding on Bruce. Sometimes was uh, uh, could be the most demanding guy in the room, and uh, yeah. um, you know that thing when 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 Quincy would say, "Hey, let's hear it on the radio, Spence." Oh yeah, and they they'd or all of a sudden play play it real soft on the oratones. Oh, on oratones, yeah, they'd yeah. Turn it way down. Yes. Uh, um, I kind of learned early on, like with Bruce, I would, I would, uh, uh, I would make, I thought I was clever cause I, I would make Bruce part of my sound. You know what I mean? Right. If, right. If, a lot of times there'd be, you know, I'd be, I, I didn't like bright filter stuff. I was always trying to make sense sound more like instruments. So I was always kind of taking the filters, you know what I mean? Bringing the filters down and it, it would easily get muddy. And uh, um, when I'd be struggling for something to speak in a track, I would often turn to Bruce instead of, you know, I had low, I had high pass filters and <laughs> stuff I could have done, but I love turning to Bruce and say, Bruce, help me out here. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, I remember. I, I, I need you. You know what I mean? And, and Bruce would get, you know what I mean? He'd be hooking up some EQs and, and uh, he'd, he'd punch in some EQs and I would get him to be part of the sound and, you know, you'd find uh, it go up in the mix a little bit when they're listening back when uh, when he liked what was going on. Right, was, right, right. Was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you, uh, you know, it's so interesting. One of the things that uh, I that I remember so clearly that I learned during that process was oratones because Quincy's idea and Bruce was that mo the majority of Americans and people around the world at that point were had AM radio. They didn't have F FM if you in the South or in the Midwest. So it sounds great on the big on the big, you know, monitors, but it's got to equally sound great on AM radio, which is what the oratones represented. And that's what Quincy was, and Bruce were all about. Yeah. You know, they wanted it to come through because most people didn't have high audio gear, you know, in their cars, you know. It was just in reality. It sounded so good in the studio. Yeah. Cranked up like that. But it just was kind of. Let's see if this is actually right. speaking. Uh, right, right. And again, and Bruce loved, you know, the fact right, that Quincy right, brought right. me in. You know, um, when after Quincy heard Bruce's first pass at mixing human nature, he brought me in and we set up those tape mm -hmm. slaps. We actually used uh, uh um right. It was a Lexa, it was these old Lexicon DDLs, and but we just with the single delay. Mm -hmm on each one so that it it, yes. it did exactly what I did on the demo. Oh. Um, Bruce loved talking about every time I saw Bruce from then forever, uh, he would bring that up. He'd say, Poco, remember when we set up those slap? <laughs> was, it right. P, was it a PCM 41? The early Lexicon? They were like this oh. big. They were, they were, it wasn't like a prime time. It wasn't like a rack mount one at all. They were these weird square ones that had that kind of, uh, that, that, that pie logo. Okay. 
join us for the next episode of Michael Jackson's Thriller Album, Stories in the Room, with your hosts, Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Watch our extended interviews on youtube.com forward slash at stories in the room. Audio only interviews are available on all podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Stories in the Room. For the latest news and links, visit the website, storiesintheroom.com. This podcast is produced by Christian D. Brune and David Wolf, recorded by Autovita Studios. Additional recording by Ben Rackless, edited by Sean Hedinger. Music by Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.